Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. If you just um, are able to stand on your feet as we read the word of God um, this morning. Um, We're going to read from the first book of Kings, chapter 21. Read the first 10 verses there. Uh, Whether you are joining online also, if you are able to join us in reading this, we read quite a few verses there as we start this morning. The Bible says some time later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth, the Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab said to Naboth, let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden, since it is close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard, or if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it is worth. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. So the Bible says Ahab went home sullen and angry because Naboth the Jezreelite had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my ancestors. He lay on his bed, sulking and refused to eat. Verse five, his wife Jezebel came in and asked him, why are you so sullen, why won't you eat? He answered her, because I said to neighbor, the Jezreelite, sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Verse seven, Jezebel, his wife said, is this how you act as a king over Easter? Get up and eat, cheer up. I'll get to the vineyard of neighbor, the Jezreelite. So he, she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city with him. In those letters she wrote, proclaim a day of fasting and sit Naboth in a prominent place among the people. But sit two scoundrels opposite him and have them bring charges that he has cursed both God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. Father, we just Give you all the glory for the opportunity even to come together to share your word, to listen to your word. Lord, we pray, King of glory, as you are talking to us today, we will be open, we will be expectant, and at the end of this 40 minutes or thereabout, something will have shifted in our situation. And God's people say aloud, amen. Amen. Uh, You may be seated. Um, Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to share the word. Uh, T.D. Jakes, wow. <laughs> I mean, Pastor is, a little, is uh, one of the, um, yeah, you know, very steady preachers. Uh, sometimes I'm not. Um, but the grace of God is still flowing. If you were to be normal times, I would ask you to look for 10 people and slap them. <laughs> I just wanted to look across the hall. Just, just 
wink unto somebody and wave unto them. Just give them a wink and say, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. <laughs> Glory be to God. Now, this story was a story of a woman known as Jezebel. The Bible says she was from uh, the Phoenician uh, region. And the Bible says she, she hooked up with this prince Ahab. And eventually Ahab became king and she became the uh, queen. Now Jezebel was the daughter of somebody known as Ethobal. You know, Baal is the, um, the, the, the pagan god they worship. And the union between Ahab and Jezebel presented an opportunity for Jezebel to evangelize. Somebody say evangelize. So, so in other words, even pagans are looking for opportunities to spread the word about their God. How about you and I? What are we doing about spreading the word of God? Somebody say yes, Lord. So the, the, the Bible says when this woman became king, the Israelites were already worshiping all kinds of pagan gods, but she took things to another level. And Ahab protected her, encouraged her, even, the Bible says she had so many prophets of God murdered. And the Bible says she went to import 450 prophets and killed all kinds of prophets of God. You remember what Obadiah did? Uh, hiding uh, prophets here and there, even to protect them from uh, the hands of Jezebel. So you can actually look at Jezebel as uh, one of the three scriptural bad girls. The other one is Potiphar's temperance wife. And the other one, you can guess, is, Dan, is uh, Samson's uh, treacherous Delilah. Glory be to God, somebody. So today, I just want to take you on a journey of encouragement, on a journey of challenge, on a journey where I want you to sort of begin to look at what God has put inside of you in a way that you know that you are more than what people think you are. Somebody say amen. amen. So under four subheadings, we'll examine the story in which Jezebel was a lead character, a story of land grab, a sad account of lust, of manipulation, of corruption, misuse, and abuse of power. And the other two characters in this narrative, uh, Naboth, the guy who owned the land, and also Ahab, the king. And I believe scripture recorded this story for our benefit to teach us a few lessons. And the title of my message today is Don't Settle for a vegetable garden. I know you are wearing masks. So I won't ask you to repeat it. But I just want that to sink inside of you. Don't settle for a vegetable garden. Glory be to God, somebody. Now, the first point I want to make is that things spiritual often have deeper meanings. Things spiritual often have deeper meanings. In other words, there is more to the eye when things are spiritual. Now, the account of Ahab's uh, and Naboth's vineyard at first reading appeared like a simple story of a ridiculous king doing ridiculous thing in a ridiculous time. But it is actually much more than that. It is a story of land grab. It is a story where his nasty wife did things that were so, so terrible and we got to have to look deeper into the story. Now, here's the story. So the, the Bible says Naboth's vineyard was close to the palace ground. 
And then at some point, the Bible says Ahab coveted this plot of land for a vegetable garden. For some reason, the king who owned everything, the king who controlled everything, the king decided, I got to have this vegetable garden. I mean, I got to have this plot of land. For some reason, the king decided, neighbor, I got to have this. You know, there are some people, they are never, ever satisfied with what they have. Even though you are, they are making much more money than you, they are still looking at you in a funny way. Even though they, are better, they have more education than you, they are still looking at you in a funny way. I remember about 20 years ago, uh, somewhere in Europe, there was a guy uh, who was a friend in church. The guy was single, and the guy was actually making the, double the money we were making as a family. We had two little boys then. So this guy would come to our home. The guy would eat. The guy would moan and complain about how difficult the world is. The guy didn't pause to even think, how much are these people earning? Glory be to God, somebody. No, but the point is that because of the grace of God upon your life, even when you are not making as much as some people, the kind of blessings God will be blessing you, they will be checking you up, they will not understand. They can never understand because you are like the wind. Whoever is born of the Spirit is like the wind. Glory to God, somebody. Are you listening, somebody? Somebody say, yes, Lord. So Ahab decided, I've got to have this land. The Bible says that all day long, the wicked, they covet. That is what they do. And Ahab, I believe, was trying to fill the spiritual vacuum inside of him with material things. Having been introduced to Baal worshiping, he had one foot in the temple of Baal, B-A-A-L, and he had one, temp one foot in the temple of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, this, is, this guy was neither here nor there. The Bible calls such people lukewarm people. You know, they're just like flowing here and there. When there's Christianity, they will be there. When there's something else, they will be there. That's half-hearted Christianity. And it's a dangerous thing. Because, listen, if you are with Satan, Satan will not trouble you. But if you claim to be with Jesus, but you are really with Satan, you will not rest. The demons of Satan will be chasing you and the angels of God will be far from you. It's just somebody listening. So you got to make up your mind. I, I just want to be even for the Lord. I want to be counted as part of those who are for Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. So, Ahab told neighbor, neighbor, I got to have this land. I will tear down this vineyard and instead of grapes, I will plant tomatoes, okra, and all kinds of vegetables. I, I just need this land. I want to transfer this land even to a vegetable garden. And neighbor said, king, I respect you. I know you are the king, but it's not going to happen. And the king went into a meltdown. Ahab's refusal even to sell his family's inheritance to Ahab led him even into a funk. He couldn't understand what is really going on here, Naboth. Now, maybe you think because his dad, Naboth's dad, gave him this land, he could sell it. That's not the point. His dad didn't even own the land. His dad inherited the land from his dad and that dad from another land. This land wasn't purchased for money. God had given it to them when they entered the promised land. The land was God's promise even unto them. They didn't buy it. They didn't lease it. They didn't own it. They, it belonged to God. So they couldn't sell it even to the king. 
And I believe Naboth remembered the law of God in Leviticus 25, 23. The Bible says, God told them, the land shall not be sold in perpetuity. Another version says, the land shall not be even sold permanently for the land is mine. That was God talking. Are you listening to somebody? So, Ahab was coveting the land of a man whose generations had walked the vineyard. God forbid, king. It's not going to work. I can't even do it if I wanted to. And I just want to pray for somebody. When anyone wants to take your inheritance, God will fight for you. Six people got that. I said, when somebody wants to take your inheritance, I said, God will fight for you. So Ahab, he was totally unhappy. The Bible says he was sulking, he was eating, and he ran home to mama. And mama said, not, not a problem. You're going to have to get yourself together, king. And opportunity for Jezebel to assert her dominance. Jezebel said, now you've got to show yourself as king over Israel. I will get Naboth vineyard for you. Are you still with me? Let's go to the next point. Point number two. Being complicit in a crime makes you a criminal. So if you are, the Bible says even talking about the appearance of evil, right? So if you are in a situation where bad things are happening, you just said, Pastor, I, just, I was just hanging around there. I don't know what's going on. I gave an example here a couple of years ago where somebody went with a friend uh, to a spiritualist, and then the Bible says, wherever the soles of your feet shall touch, you shall possess that place, isn't it? So this woman just went with her friend. Her friend said, just, just follow me, let's go there. And then she went there, and then by the time she was back, she brought something back from that place. That shall not be a portion in the name of Jesus. So the Bible says, Jezebel, she wrote letters to the nobles and to the elders and said, I put the seal of Ahab on it and said, don't worry, king, I will give you this land. Now, when somebody promises you to give you what doesn't belong to them, you know it is a Jezebel spirit. Are you here, somebody? I will get to that thing. I will get to that job. She doesn't, he, she doesn't work there. I will do that for you. Something that doesn't belong to them. Once they start promising it, you got to run. Are you here, somebody? Glory be to God, somebody. So, the Bible says, Jezebel forged the king's signature. She sent out the letters falsely accusing Naboth of blaspheming God. But I began to wonder about this narrative. Was it that the elders and the nobles didn't know that this wasn't the king's signature? I don't think so. I think they knew exactly what they were doing. So why did they go along with the charade? I believe they were so intimidated by Jezebel into submission. Are you listening to somebody? Have you noticed that sometimes people know what's right but won't speak up because they have been intimidated into submission? You can't get that promotion. It's the boss's brother who I'll have to promote. It's, it's not right, but I can't do it for you. I know what's right, but I can't do what's right. And as a child of God, I beseech you by the mercies of God to stand firm on the truth of the word of God. The, the Bible says, stand firm and let nothing move you. 
you got to stand. You may have to suffer, but suffering from Christ, even is good if you keep on standing firm on the truth of God's word. Is there somebody listening even this morning? I believe the elders knew what was behind this whole thing. Uh, they knew what was behind the travesty, the charade, the sham, the fast, the pretense. But they thought if we didn't go along with this one, uh, maybe we will be killed. So they were between the rock and the hard place and they were totally and completely intimidated. They, uh, I believe Jezebel tell them, uh, you either pay, you, you either get paid for doing it or you pay with your life for not doing it. But thank God for people like the Hebrew boys who will not bend, who will not burn, who will keep on standing firm. They said, we know the God whom we serve. He would deliver us. But peradventure, if he didn't deliver us, we will stand on the side of God. Who is listening this day and is on the Lord's side? If you are on the Lord's side, say, yes, Lord, I am on your side. Say it again. Yes, Lord, I am on your side. Uh, and the Bible says in 1 Kings 21, 12, okay, let's invite Naboth. Let's honor him. Uh, let's, let's pretend as if we are honoring him. Now, listen carefully. Be careful when people suddenly say they want to honor you. Be very careful when people are suddenly very nice to you. Now, if Naboth had paused to consider the offer, Maybe things will have turned out differently. I don't know. About two weeks ago, somebody connected with me on Facebook. And she said, uh, we have this magazine that we want to put you on the cover. We just want to honor you so that you'll be on our cover for the month of March. <laughs> Glory to God, somebody. <laughs> I said, I just bless God for your magazine. I know you guys are doing great, but it's not going to work for me. Glory be to God, somebody. I mean, I have tons of materials online. If you want to use those things, fine. Maybe you can give me the credit. Even if you don't give me the credit, that's fine. But for me to feature on the cover of your magazine, that's not going to happen. So the Bible says, let's read verse 13 of that first King 21. Verse 13. The Bible says, two scoundrels came and sat opposite him, and they brought charges against him. These were people the Bible calls even the children of Belial. And the Bible says, what harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? If you allow yourself to be used to harm others, it is a bad thing. Are you listening to somebody? So this guy, he left his home in the morning believing that they wanted to honor him. My God, what he thought was an event to honor him, not knowing that he was going into a place of horror. That a trap was set for him. He wouldn't watch his kids grow. He wouldn't see the next harvest. He wouldn't see the next moon. He wouldn't see the sun rise up and even go down in the evening. He was tricked under the cunning action of Miss Jezebel. Listen, every trap set for you by the devil will entrap the power behind that trap in the name of Jesus. God will give you the discernment to know that a trap has been set and you will walk away from that trap. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I, I don't know whether I'm talking to our church here, maybe some other church. I said somebody say amen. amen. I said somebody say yes Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Glory to God, somebody. I, I believe in about a year, COVID will be over, then we can do church as we normally do church. So you can go around and just slap 10 people and just say, God is your strength. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen, somebody. So Ahab watched his wife weaved this evil scheme, which made him just as guilt. He may argue that, look, I just told my wife what was happening, and my wife decided to take matters into her own hand. No, that's not the way it works in the kingdom. Because if you are complicit, you are also guilty. Point number three. Uh, Pastor, I will, I will be very, very calm today. Point number three. Be careful whose advice you heed. Be totally careful. Any advice that contradicts the scripture will ultimately destroy. Maybe you don't know this before. Because sometimes when we do something that's wrong, we may find a way of shifting the blame to somebody. Eve will say, look, it's this happened. And Adam will say, God is the woman that you gave me. You remember the story of Saul? When Saul refused to defeat, to completely, utterly destroy the Amalekites. Saul said, Prophet Samuel, it's not me. I destroyed those things, but the people decided to spare the king and the livestock. When he performed even the rituals, uh, the, the priests were meant to perform, he said, look, what can I do? You came late, people were scattering, even my soldiers were even upset. So, you got to think carefully before you do what someone asks you to do, especially when you know that something might not be right there. That was exactly what Ahab should have done. He shouldn't have succumbed to Jezebel, but at this time, he was completely trapped. And I just want to encourage the young people who are still looking for husbands and wives. You've got to be very careful how you choose. And I pray that God will help you choose right. I say, and I pray that God will help you choose right. And I pray that God will help you choose right. Glory to God, somebody. Now, Jezebel came from a foreign ball worshiping family. She had a completely different mentality. The way she thought, the way she looked at things was completely different. And she gave Ahab contrary advice. And any advice, again, I will say, that contradicts the scripture, that's a bad advice. Because the world is diametrically opposed to the world. So the world and the world, they are two different things. They are running in a parallel. They can never meet. It is a bit like light and darkness. The world says you are in control do what you want. But Jesus says, follow me. The world says, kill your enemies. Jesus says, love your enemies. The world says, if you sleep around, it's, it's okay. Jesus says, everyone who looks at a woman, even with lust, has committed adultery in, with her in his heart. The world says, if you marry him, you can change him. The world says, do not be unequally yoked. Again, I just want to encourage some young people here. Do not be unequally yoked. The world says, if you want to get rich, all you need to do is to keep on putting money in your Chase account or your Wells Fargo account. But the Bible says, he who even gives freely yet gains even more. 
So you got to recognize that you are of a different mentality. You are a child of the kingdom. You are a child of covenant. You belong to a different set of people. You are a royal spirit priesthood. The way you move, the way you walk, who you go, who you communicate with should be different from the ways of the world. You do not belong even to the category of people from the family of Jezebel. You are different. You are separate. Glory be to God, somebody. Sometimes we behave as if we don't know the child of whom we are. We just get things messed up even with the world. But the world is different from the world. The Bible says in Romans 12 2, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. That's where the Bible is talking about. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. Another version says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. You are a child of promise. Jezebel was from a different place entirely. And that's why the Bible says, fix your gaze on Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter, and the foreigner of your faith. You got to keep your eyes on the mountains. You got to keep your eyes away from things around you because those things around you are things that are subject to change. You got to keep your eyes even on those things eternal so that you can stand firm. And because the Bible says, only those who are, who are able to stand firm till the very end that shall be saved. And I know that is your inheritance from God. And I know that's your portion from God. If you're watching us today, I know that is your inheritance from God. But at this point, Ahab had been led astray, even by Jezebel. Any advice given to you? I tell young people I talk to. Any advice I give you, you don't have to take it. Evaluate it and see whether it's in line with the word of God. If it's not good, just throw it away. It's, it's, not my, it's not my role to give you advice and to, and to enforce my advice. That's not my role. I give you the advice and then I go. So any advice you are given, evaluate it against the word of God. But if you are lacking even in the world, then you have a problem. You have nothing to measure it against. Amen, somebody. Now this is where we are going. Number four. Get rid of the vegetable mentality. Get rid of the vegetable mentality. Now, listen. Ahab said, I just want to pull down this vineyard and replace it with vegetables. Right? And Nabal said, that's not going to happen. But Jezebel decided we're going to have to make it happen. My God. Jezebel decided we have to make it happen. <laughs> Glory be Unto God, somebody. So they brought this guy out. They sat him in between two people and they had him stoned even to death. Now, watch this, people of God. A vineyard takes at least two years to cultivate, at least two years. I know there are smarter people here who are into agricultural economics or so, but I looked it up and I believe I'm right. Even if I'm not, you can't challenge me today because I'm the preacher. <laughs> it takes at least two years to cultivate, right? Whereas a vegetable garden takes a couple of weeks, isn't it? So this guy wanted to pull down the vineyard and replace it with vegetable garden. My God. How do you want to destroy something long term and replace it with something short term? Are you getting 
my God. Ahab had a vegetable mentality. Now, you can ask me, what does that mean? You know, there are some of us, we have become managers. We just want to scratch enough around to survive. We just, I'm not saying being prudent is not good, but many times we just, we can't even trust the goodness of God to take us through the next day. Hallelujah, somebody. We, we, we can't know that the God whom we serve is the God of heaven and earth. Everything belongs to him. And the Bible says all authority on heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And the Bible says God has seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So we are joined here. Are you here, somebody? So Ahab said, I got to tear down. Now, people with a vegetable mentality will prefer temporary solution to permanent problems. When you are 15 years old and you are single, it is okay to be earning $15 an hour. But when you are 50 and you have a family of five, it is not okay at that point. So, so in other words, it is at this point you begin to plan five, six, seven, eight, ten years ahead. Otherwise, you will be somebody with a vegetable mentality. Is there somebody listening here this, this, this morning? Number two, people with vegetable mentalities, my God, they do not put ideas to work. I remember when I was 12, 13, 14, in, in Bodenhouse in college, back in my country of Bath, Nigeria, I would read novels, and people would ask me to tell them the story from the novels, people who couldn't read. So I would gather people around, and then we'll be telling them what I read. Sometimes I would say, look, I couldn't even remember what, what, what was in the middle of the story. They said, it's okay, Tunde, just, just make it up. After all, it's just a story. We'll sit down and enjoy it. So I'll be telling them those stories again and again and again. So I think about two years ago, and I left high school a long time ago. So someone now connected with me. And I was, the guy was saying he's been following me on the internet for many years, but he hasn't seen any novel I wrote. Because he thought that would be the first thing I would have done when I started writing. And that really touched me a lot. And I started writing my novel. <laughs> Glory be to God, somebody. Are you here, somebody? I met someone in, Af someone in Africa like in 2012, and we were talking about our dreams, what we wanted to do, and so on and so forth. And this guy was so enthusiastic about my dream, even more enthusiastic than myself. So about four years ago, he came to New York and called me, and I was asking me those questions about what I said I wanted to do. But thank God, by the grace of God, this year I will register that company, and things will start moving. I just want to challenge somebody. The dream God has put in your heart. It doesn't matter whether you are 50. It doesn't matter whether you are 60. It doesn't matter even whether you are 70. You still got enough for you. You are not too old. You are not too young. You are just perfect. Glory be to God, somebody. Number three, people with vegetable mentalities, they do not trust God for big things. If you can get an A, why settle for a B? Now, many of us, we came from different parts of the world. Having crossed so many rivers, my God, having struggled even for many years, are you now telling me that God is not able to prosper you in this land? Some of us have powerful degrees, good education, but all we just want to do, let me just manage and scratch around. God will take that vegetable mentality out of you. I say, God will take you out of that vegetable mentality in the name of Jesus.
people who are making half a million, they don't have as much education as you. Some of them don't even have as much talent as yourself. Are you here, somebody? So you've got to put those ideas to work, whether to go to college, whether to learn a trade. There's a friend of mine who was 60, and at that point, his business just went down. He was into limousine. Then Uber came, and so this guy went to retrain. Amen. And said, I'm not going to fold my hands and wait till I die. I'm just going to do something for myself. Are you here, somebody? Somebody say, Amen. People with vegetable mentality, they are happy to stay in their comfort zone. Someone's a comfort zone. There are many of us. If they show you a resume, you won't be able to identify it because you don't know what it looks like again. Uh, brother, I've been on this job for 26 years. They like me. They don't pay me much, but I know how to get things. I just, I, I'm just going to stay here until, maybe until I retire. <laughs> there was a friend of mine who came to this country, I don't know, about 22 years ago. He was telling me he got a job with a government establishment. And then he said, let me just stay here for two, three years. They didn't pay him much. Ten years ago, he maxed out. So his salary hasn't increased for ten years. He just said, let me stay here for two years. But they were good to him. They were nice to him. They were saying sad to him. They were respecting him there. He said, they love me here and I love my people. Things are going okay. Then he just said, suddenly, they called him and said, you will be due for retirement very soon. He said, where has all the years gone? And he not calculated that he had been there for almost 20 years. They said, no, we're not asking you to leave, but, uh, you know, it's, maybe you should be thinking about retirement. Glory be to God somewhere. And I just want to challenge us today. You got so much talent inside of you. You got so much going for you. You got so much that has been deposited inside of you. You're going to have to make things count. You shouldn't just be a footnote of history. You should be part of history. Is that somebody listening? You've got to get rid of that vegetable mentality. Glory to God somewhere. Now, listen. So let's go back to the garden. Ahab said, I need this garden to become a vegetable garden. Is that not correct? But the, veg, the garden idea has an even deeper meaning. Listen. When the descendants of Ahab, when they were slaves in Egypt, the Bible says there were vegetable gardens all around them. But God delivered them out of Egypt. Listen. So that each family will not just have a small vegetable part. So that each family will have a whole land to themselves. Where they were coming from, it was just a managing mentality. But where God was taking them, it was an abundant mentality. Is there somebody that God is translating from a place of management to a place of abundance? Is there somebody that God is moving from where things have been difficult to a place where you are working in abundance? Is there somebody here, before you spend $10, you got to check your balance. But now, you're able to spend $10,000 without even bothering what the balance will say. Because without the balance, is always right. Say, the balance is always right. You know, there are some people, they will write you a check. Say, please, don't put in the check until the 15th of the month. Why, why shouldn't I put in a check? I'm, I'm just saying. And some people will remind you, why haven't you deposited that check? I thought you gave it to me. Hallelujah, somebody. Every, my God, every I am broke mentality, I release the word of God against it in your life. In the name of Jesus. You will live in abundance. 
You will walk in abundance. You will move in abundance. You will support people to get into abundance. In the name of Jesus. They will say, church will say, we, we need this amount to do something. You bring up the check and you write the check without even thinking about it. God shall take you there. So the, the, the Bible says at that point, they have moved these people. God had moved them from that virtual mentality. Let's read Deuteronomy 11 from verse 10 to understand what I'm talking about. Deuteronomy 11 from verse 10. The, the Bible says, Deuteronomy 11 from verse 10. The Bible says, the land you are entering to take over, listen, is not like the land of Egypt from where you have come. My God. Where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in the vegetable garden. <laughs> the land you're about to enter, let's, let's go on. Glory be to God. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take position is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. <laughs> My God. Let's, let's read verse 12. It is a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to it. You don't even have to water it. It's been watered even by God. Oh my God. Yeah, I, do, do you understand what I'm talking about? I don't know where you are, but God is moving you on. I don't know where you are. God is moving you, my God, from one level of glory onto another level of glory onto another level of glory. God is moving you from one level of favor onto another level of favor. What have you seen? The Lord has moved you from this vegetable mentality into a mentality of abundance. Somebody say glory to God. Ahab had been completely manipulated by Jezebel and he forgot that he was a person of covenant. He was ready to settle for less than what God wanted for him. Listen, he was ready to go back to that mentality of vegetable patches that God had delivered him from. I don't know who is watching, but the king of glory is alive. You will not go back to those places God has delivered you from. God has delivered you from the spirit of pornography. God has delivered you from the spirit of lust, spirit of anger. You will not go back there. I say you will not go back there. Spirit of, uh, of alcohol dependency. God has delivered you and you will not go back there. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You got to make God count in your life. Make God count in your life. I said, make God count in your life. You are a child of destiny. Glory to God, somebody. God had a whole territory for Ahab. If he had been obedient, but his wife clouded his thinking, he was willing to settle for a vegetable garden. The Bible says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith, for he that has promised is faithful. If God is indeed faithful, then he will do it for you. As I close, 
in the next five minutes. Two things I want to say. Number one, you got to begin to reflect what kind of wife are you and what kind of husband are you? What kind of father are you? What kind of mother are you? What kind of friend are you? Can we, if, is, is Christ alive in you? You're going to have to reflect. Number two, uh, you know, sometimes it appears as if the wicked are prospering. And any prosperity without Christ is poor prosperity. It's, it's not, it may not be, those mixed metaphors, it might be contradictory. Poor poverty, a poor prosperity. But any prosperity that is not of God will come crashing at some point. Because God will eventually punish evil, though he may allow evil to temporarily dominate. The Bible says, Ahab, who initiated this tragedy, he himself went down in a very bad way. Concerning Jezebel, the Bible says, when they tried to bury her, they couldn't even find her body, except her skull, her feet, and her hands. Mrs. Ahab, she enjoyed doing evil. She thought that she was in control. She thought she was invincible, not knowing that only God of heaven is invincible. And the Bible says, horse riders, they rode over her dead body, and the wall that soaked up the blood of Naboth was plattered with the blood of Jezebel. Her end was worse than the end of Naboth. Grace is about to run out on the wicked. For those of us in this room, just, just stand up for two, three minutes. I, I just want you to soak this in and begin to see yourself as God sees you. If it means talking to yourself, if it means reminding yourself, if it means rolling on the floor all night, whatever it takes, that God, this kind of vegetable mentality, I want to get out of it. Some young people, they want to choose a spouse. The, 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 the bar has been set so low. I just want somebody, maybe she will love me a little bit. I just want to get on with life. You don't have to just get on with life. You don't just have to survive. You have to thrive. And I'm speaking to marriages in this place or those who are watching even online. Your marriages will thrive. I say your marriages will thrive. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands and begin to declare every vegetable mentality in my situation is out. You got to get ready for a life of abundance. You got to get ready for a life of open heavens. You got to get ready for a life of excellent relationships. You got to get ready. Every power trying to rule over you. My God, grace is about to run out on them. The power of the enemy over you expires today. Those people who treat you like that, who speak to you as if you are nothing, my God, God will fight for you. All you need to to do is to say, Lord, I just want this mentality to change and see God beginning to move in your life. My God, everyone disrespecting the glory of God upon your life, God will speak for you in the name of Jesus. Everyone that has been proclaiming all kinds of nonsense upon you because you are a child of destiny. You will move from that place of vegetable mentality to that place of abundance in the name of Jesus. The Lord will fight for you. You got to start trusting the Lord even for big things. Lift up your voices. I don't know what you have been trusting God for. You got to trust him. Whatever you bring to God, that is what God will, will fill up. If you bring him a little pot, God will fill the little pot. If you bring a, a mighty vessel, God will fill that mighty vessels with goodness. Lift up your voices and say, Lord, it is time even for my breakthrough. Oh, Jesus.
Father, we just give you glory. We give you all the glory. We will no longer settle for a vegetable garden. Thank you, Jesus. And so I just want to declare the goodness of God upon your people, whether here in this room or online. And I know the Lord is moving somebody from that little place of management to that big place, even of abundance. Abundance in your thoughts, abundance in your ideas, abundance in your outlook. You've got to see yourself as God sees you, as somebody who is ready, willing, and able to bless. God will take you there in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, yes, Lord. <laughs>